Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. (laughs) Holy shit. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, The Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. The pod is dropping a little bit late this week. I apologize. It was report writing day today, so I was stuck inside all day, four and a half hours. It would have been longer if I hadn't been a good boy and done a lot of my reporting prior to today. Um, but still, it's a main slog. Any teachers out there? Anywhere? You know the pain I was going through today with your reports. They they are a doozy. So, yeah, got that done. Hit the gym. And now I'm back in Siriani's studios recording the intro and the outro for this week's pod. I'm... Um, it's interesting because when I record the pod, I face uh, the boring side of the studio where it's just junk, you know, guitars in their cases, um, a giant Beanie Boo, which I've had on eBay for the past year and a half, unsold, um, and just junk everywhere. And then the guest gets to look at the pretty, you know, nice little collection that I've uh, been accumul- accumulating over the years. And so when I'm doing the intros, I get to look at the the collection. And looking around, I think I have a problem out of touring listeners. <laughs> I think I need to curb my uh, my figure collecting habits because I'm pretty sure I have enough. I'm pretty sure I have enough figures now. They span all of the eras, the wrestling, the Ghostbusters, the Star Wars. I even have some Star Trek figures and I'm, I love Star Trek, don't get me wrong, but they're not really known for their figure game, if you know what I mean. But I even have some of those just sitting in the corner there in one of the Detolfs over there. Um, but I had to do it. What a deal. Seven of nine? Oh, my goodness. What a Star Trek character. If you are a Star, War, Star Trek nerd like me, you know what I'm talking about when I say the words seven of nine. Wow. She could really fit into that onesie. Hey, listen, this week I caught up with Aaron Aidy, guitarist from Elm Street and the Millionaires Club. We had a great chat. Um, Aaron, Aaron has had some bad luck on the road. He's had, he's got some great stories um, throughout the podcast. Uh, namely, one story in particular where Aaron dislocated his knee on stage. So if you want to hear how that happened, you got to keep listening to The Art of Touring. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes, Spotify, or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. Um, Guys, tell friends about this podcast. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your cousins, tell your grandma and your mima um, about the podcast. We want the podcast to spread like Rikishi's butt cheeks. If you listen to the... (laughs) 
if you listen to the uh, Major Wrestling Figure podcast, that's what they say. So I'm kind of stealing that from a little bit, but you know, whatever. They do this other one, Rory Fox's butt cheeks at the moment. It's a gross analogy. We really don't want to spread anyone's butt cheeks. I just want the podcast to grow. You know what I mean? So maybe um, a better analogy for the art of touring could be, you know, I want this podcast to spread like the love within us all. How about that? Got a bit cheesy at the end. I apologize. Um, Speaking of apologizing, I must apologize about the swearing at the end of last week's pod. I tried my best to bleep out all of the F-bombs, but uh, I didn't realize how many times I swore. Um, So I'm going to go back to the original format this week, Art of Touring listeners, Sizzlers. All right. All swearing, intact, left in as Mother Nature intended. So if you are listening with the kids, it might be a good idea to put on uh, True and the Rainbow Kingdom. And uh, once they've finished their peanut butter sandwiches, throw Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 84 of The Art of Turing is brought to you this week by Lobos Collectibles. Lobos is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. In their newly relocated address on 310 St George's Road in Thornbury, The store has something for everyone, even the most die-hard collector. Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders. Trust me, the list goes on and on and on. So if you're looking for a gift this Christmas for the collector in your family, there's only one place to go, and that's Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. The coolest thing about Lobos is that they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store. So you are sure to find something different every time you visit. Let them know you heard about the store on from old mate Sis Dog on the Art of Touring podcast. Man, I love this store. I would go to their original location um, and now I go to their new location, 310 St. George's Road in Thornbury almost every weekend and when I do I always come home with a little something to add to the collection Lobo's Collectibles the best toy store in the universe You know you gotta go on all babe at Lobo's Collectibles Yeah just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can. Just Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before we get into my conversation with Aaron Aidy from Elm Street and the Millionaires Club, I'd like to share with you some of his music from his band Elm Street. This is a track called Heart Racer. Check it out. Roaring through the night 
There you go. There's just a little preview of Elm Street. And now, let's sit back and breathe it in. That's right, it's Sis Dog and Aaron shooting the shit. Strap in and let's get loose. It's time for the Art of Touring to begin. Welcome everyone, you're listening to the Art of Touring podcast, I'm sitting here in Siriani Studios this evening and sitting across from me is guitarist for Elm Street and the Millionaires Club, Mr. Aaron Aidy. How are you, Az? I'm great, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. (laughs) It's awesome to be in your little lair here. Yeah, the lair. (laughs) (laughs) The figurine lair. I know, it's getting out of control. I was saying to you earlier, I really need to curb my my wrestling figure addiction, but... um, um, it's awesome. Look, it's not know. only wrestling figures, it's... Yeah. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters? What else can you spy? Um, I don't know the name. What is that? That, that Rolly man. I forgot his name. Who, who the, you? the white guy up the top there. The Oh, from the Ghostbusters? No, no, no. Is he from the Ghost? Yes, yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The big the, inflatable the... man. Could <laughs> 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 I forget? Yeah. The marshmallow man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a few incarnations of the Marshmallow Man. I've got, um, I actually have two of each. Yeah, I've got two of the soft toy, one from when I was a kid and another one that I saw on eBay, which was in good nick. So, um, I grabbed that up and then I have the the plastic version from when I was a kid. And then again, another eBay purchase. I was like, oh, that's in kind of better nick. I'll grab that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Just just psychopath stuff, Uh, mate, with my figure collecting. What are you going to do? That's a killer. Um, so yeah, it provides a good atmosphere for the um, for the podcast. I like the Millennium Falcon down the oh, bottom there too, dude. That Falcon Sneaky. is huge. <laughs> it is, man. It is. I've got quite a few Falcons, and that is the biggest one. Um, I actually just came back from Disneyland, and I went to Star Wars World. No, you didn't. Yep, and that was insanity. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. killer, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna write down Disneyland right here because I want to talk about that with you later in the pod. <laughs> That's <laughs> a whole segment me. by yes, itself. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so we'll get started as we do every week. Where are you from, mate? Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne, mm-hmm. as some may call it, the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but it is a it is a great place. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, what suburb in particular? I'm from uh, Can Lee, which is in between Deer Park and Sunshine. Oh, yeah, yeah, up Close there. Close to uh, Caroline Springs. Yeah, Melton all the way up there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, and I went to school with all the guys um, from my band, Elm mm-hmm. Street. Mm-hmm. We grew up together and formed the band in high school. Wow. Yeah, so, and then made the big move to Greensboro about a year and a half ago now. Yeah, right. Down the ring road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that bloody ring road, mate. I have a love-hate relationship with that mate, road. Mate. Forget about it. Those lanes. Yeah. That bottleneck at the end here. Oh, towards when you get down to Greensboro? Yeah, forget about it. It's rough, man. <laughs> so, growing up um, in uh, the western suburbs there, what did, you, what did you say the name of the actual suburb was? Well, it can Lee. It's can more, Lee. It, yeah, it's more like a, more of a more modern estate. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of popped up within the last, you know, eight to ten years. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, Sunshine area. 
Yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, were there any other musos in your family, or are you the the black sheep, as it were? No, everyone in my family is a musician. Everyone, everyone, really. My cousins, uncles. My dad is the. My dad taught me and Ben. Yes. How to play guitar? Huh. So, growing up, you know, he was always playing in bands. He still is to this day, always playing. Every week he plays more than me. Wow. So, um, growing up, he always wanted me to play guitar, obviously. You know, the young son, I had no interest. Yes. Um, I vividly remember actually picking it up. I can't remember what age, though. I was was young and tried to fret a note. And I had no strength to even fret a note because I was like a flimsy, skinny kid. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and I just gave up, you know, no interest because I was like... And then um, around high school time, he started doing guitar lessons at home. Ah. And so, people from school, you know, contacted him and started coming through. And Ben was one of those guys. And he's in Elm Street with you? Yes, Ben is the singer and ah, rhythm guitarist. Rhythm so, guitarist. Okay, cool, cool. So, he came and he's one of my closest friends. So, I've known him since I was in grade two. Mm. And uh, he came over and started playing and I saw him and I'm like, oh, I want to do this too. So... And the nice. rest is history. Yeah. It's history. So, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah. That up until that point, you just were like, oh, this is staggy. My dad does this. I have no interest in guitar, man. You know. Just being a young kid, you know. Yeah. Not knowing what it's all about. And mm-hmm. You just want to play Nintendo and stuff like yeah, that. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar story, man. My mum's my actually a guitar teacher. Oh, well. And she, she had the same thing. You know, kids and, and um, you know, uh, uh, mature age students would, would come through the house all the time getting guitar lessons and same experience. I thought it was daggy. I had no interest in it, you know, not until I was in my teenage years where um, I, I my oldest brother was, you know, a musician at that point. Mm. And um, I, I was like, Paul, can you show me some stuff on the guitar? He's like, yeah, all right, you know. So that was like my entryway. But while while my mum was a teacher, I'd, yeah, I just thought it was daggy. And I really just kick myself now because if I'd have been playing all the way through, you know, I would um, have had a, such a, a better start, you know. Yeah, there's always that regret looking back now. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, it's strange how it works. You know, some some kids will start when they're bloody four years old, you know? Yeah. Piano and they're like virtuosos, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's the ones like you and I who start later. Yeah. And it's strange how we pick it up, you know? Yeah, music is always going to... I mean, if it's going to come to you, it'll, it, it, there's no escaping it. That's right. It's <laughs> yeah. true, yeah. It'll yeah. get you. It's true, it's true. And it's a good thing to have, you know? 100%, cause yeah. You can play sport and stuff like that, but you can only play to a certain... Age, yes, you know, your body can hold up or whatever, but music, mm. you know, there's a bit more longevity, 100%. Music, yeah. Um, and so Ben comes over to your place, and your dad's teaching him guitar, <laughs> and you're like, What's going on here? He's, he's, he's this like, bloke, yeah, <laughs> and he's in your year level at school. Yeah, closest friends, you know. I met him when I was in grade two, so very okay, close friends. Okay, so quite a while you knew him. Yeah. And so then when he came over to get that first guitar lesson, how old were you then? I think it would have been around year eight. So about 14. Yeah. Very impressionable age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he comes around and then you're like, oh, this is cool. I want to do this too. Yeah. Now that my mate's doing yeah. it. That's <laughs> great, hey? Yeah, and he's like learning Ghost of the Navigator by Iron Maiden. Like, yes. You know, he's... 
Metallica and Iron Maiden, they were our first influences, you know? Yeah, as, yeah. As they are for many. Mm. So, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool seeing him do it. And then yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. I'm like, Dad, can you teach me as well? <laughs> <laughs> and so, did you have lessons with Ben or eventually nah, like, before never, you just... Never with Ben. No. Because, um, you know, he was coming as a... Uh, in a student. As a student, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be so, conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we obviously um, jammed later on, but mm, mm. and we're still jamming to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, and so your first guitar, did your dad just go, okay, now you're taking this seriously here, have this guitar or did you have to save up or like, what was the first acts that you kind of learnt on? And, uh, well, I started on acoustic, learning on acoustic. Mm -hmm. So as a guitar player, it's probably like harder to start on acoustic being like those fresh hands, you know, soft. Yeah. You have to press really hard and, you know, so you learn the hard way and then when you switch to electric, it's like, oh, this is actually very easy compared yeah. to the acoustic, you know? Yeah. Even if even if you do start on a nylon string, it's still quite difficult because if you're not a guitar player out there, guys and girls um, listening, you may not understand, but the um, the the space between the frets um, and the, just even the space between the strings mm -hmm. is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. On an acoustic guitar, especially like a beginner model, like a nylon string. Whereas when you get on the electric guitar, it's a lot more tight fit. That's right. And so you can put your fingers in there a lot easier than, you know, having to stretch really hard to get those, you know, basic chord shapes down initially. You That's know? right. Yeah. And getting that, you know, acoustic or nylon to really sing, you have to hit it really hard. Oh, you do indeed. Whereas there's a lot the... of bung notes in those early days. <laughs> Still to this day, there's oh, a lot. Of course. Of... <laughs> well, you're never going to escape it, but shit, we try our best, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So, it started on the uh, acoustic and then, you know, obviously my dad being a guitar player, he knew sort of what guitars to go for. Yes. Went to... Um, Billy Hyde's back in the day in Flemington. Mm -hmm. And um, they used to have these wicked sales, you know. You used to go in there and get guitars for like bloody 60 bucks and stuff. And it was like really good guitars. Sure, My yeah. first guitar was, uh, well, electric was a Jackson that we bought from there. Perfect. I remember, yeah. So, um, great guitar still, you know. I still got it. I don't sell any of my gear. So, whatever I have, I keep. Yep. And as another bit of advice from my dad, never sell anything because he yeah. sold once a guitar that he really loved and he regrets it to this day and he's like, never sell anything. Yeah, that's good advice, man. So, even if you have a backlog at home, just gear or guitars, it's better than having regret. <laughs> that's right, yeah. You know. I mean, all you need to do is look to your left and you'll see all of my guitars just sitting over there. I've never sold any of my, my exes. The only time I did sell a guitar was back to the music store because it wasn't any good and it wasn't what I was hoping for. So, well, that, that guitar didn't sing to me. So There's no connection there. So you don't Exactly. So, I'm like, this is, this is not what I was expecting. Um, actually, I've actually had to do that twice. Um, but uh, you don't, other than You that, don't feel that sense of loss. No. And when that happens, you know, but yeah. that is quite a good collection you got over there. I know. We'll have we'll, we'll, we'll grab one out a little bit later, yeah, mate. Let's see some know. Bon Jovi. That's it. <laughs> Bon Jovi. <laughs> I actually have gone through my entire career never having learned a Bon Jovi track. <laughs> That's the go-to, isn't it, for the random person? It's like either Wonderwall or like... Oh, Wonderwall I've played bon a million Jovi. times. <laughs> yeah. But whenever anyone's asked me to do like Living on a Prayer, I'll go, I don't, I don't know that one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. 
And so, um, yeah, you start learning guitar. You got your first axe. Um, and then, so how long between um, year eight until you actually start forming the band with Ben and, and the rest of the guys in high school? Pretty much that year. Straight away, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. We sort of assigned ourselves, you know, instruments. Tom, mm-hmm. Tom is our drummer. Um, he's like, I want to play drums. So yeah. Me and Ben were playing guitar and Brendan... Who was our bass player at the time? Mm-hmm. Played bass, so yeah, yeah. So we formed it. Yeah, we just sort of assigned ourselves stuff to play and sure. took it from there. And did you have a music teacher at school that kind of let you into the music room at lunch so you could jam? Or mm-hmm. you yeah, did? yeah. Back in the days when we used to play at like school concerts and stuff, you know, yeah, rehearse there, and we also used to rehearse. At uh, Tom's house, which we still do to this day. Oh, right on. Well, we got a sort of, uh, we call it our HQ. So, it's a room like this, pretty much in the backyard. Yep. Um, all decked out, soundproof. You know, we got Pro Tools set up in there now. It's perfect, legit. So Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, it's like we used to walk home from school to Tom's because he lived close by. Yep. And rehearse in his lounge room, which is... Uh, very brave by his parents very for letting nice us do, of them to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some most of the times I weren't there, but yeah, you know, still, it, it's pretty full on. A few breakables in the lounge room. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and he had the full kit set up and everything in there. The PA like, and everything. Yep. Jeez, yeah, very the, well. You don't want the China, any of the valuable China to be close by, you know? No. <laughs> well, if Tom's parents, if you're listening, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've done a great service to the to, to the music community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what we used to do, you know, rehearse yeah, there, and that's yeah, cool. We still do it to this day. Yeah, at his place. So right on, man. Um, and so, what was that first gig like at high school? You know, you've, you've everyone's been assigned an instrument. You're putting songs together. You're obviously learning covers at the start before you start writing your own tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tell me what that was like when you first started. You know, like learning songs together and figuring out your own roles and everything like that. Yeah, it was you know very exciting. You mm. know, to go up on there and actually play a song and it was mm. like nerve wracking at the same time because you know you're playing in front of the school, these people you know. You don't want to make a mistake. But no, no, it turned out very good. We enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Kids, so. <laughs> That's it. You know, it was great. We played a Metallica song, so. What Metallica song did you do? Uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Perfect. So, nice and easy. Yeah. You know, as we beginners. So, yeah. No, it was great fun, you know. Mm. It turned out great. We, we, got the, we got all those old recordings still on video. We'll have to pull out and watch one day. 100%. You, know? you could like even into splice them into one of your video clips one day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think Blink One Eighty Two did did that. Okay, they actually had a lot of like stuff from them as kids, and they just put it in one of their video clips once, and you could tell it was them. It's a very cool thing because your fans go, "Oh shit." You know what I mean? Were they like a high school band as well? I don't think so, but I think it was just like just footage of them as kids. Uh, I don't think they're actually in the band. Ah, uh, okay. But you know, you've got you know. Oh, no, but you haven't got the exact original lineup anymore, do you? No. Yeah, no. you don't have the same bass player. But still, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I've- That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I just want to dig it up just to have a look. Yeah, you know? yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And so, the name of the band, was it always been Elm Street? No, it was originally Raid at the start. So, back in school days, it was Raid. Raid. R-A-I-D. Like yeah. Air Raid. Yeah. That's cool, man. And then we got to a stage where we're like, oh, I don't know, maybe we want to change the name a little bit. So, yeah. 
Um, How did you come up with Elm Street? Fans of the movie Nightmare yep. on Elm Street. Nightmare so. on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, brings up brings up all of those types of imagery in someone's yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they must be kind of metal sounding. Yeah, we're off the old school sort of you know eighties mm, sound. So mm. uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not really into the horror movies. It's more Ben and Tom. Yes. So they they pretty much picked the name. Like, oh, it sounds pretty cool. So yeah, nice. Stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. As long as we don't get sued by anyone. But actually, there's a funny story. We released a song. One of our songs called Elm Street Children. Mm-hmm. And um, our video, we'd made a video clip for it back in the day. Yeah. And uh, Wes Craven, the director, director of, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, actually uh, found it and shared it. This, <gasps> is, this is obviously now he's passed away. Yeah. But yeah, he's shared it. So I'm like, oh. That is cool, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I've tried like a few ways to kind of have idols kind of like pick up on my music and hopefully share it or whatever, and it's never happened. And whenever I hear that it has happened for someone, I'm always so excited for them. <laughs> it's cool, man. Because it's so cool. It'll come. It'll yeah. come. I One day I hope come. so. It'll come for you. Yeah. You know, it is cool. You know. Like I wrote this tune um, with my old band um, called Mrs. Foley's Baby Boy. It was It was all about Mick Foley. <laughs> And my hope, and I shared it with him and his daughter and his son, and like none of them retweeted it or shared it or anything, uh, you know. And I was like, damn, come on, guys, it's a really fun little tune. And um, and so then I actually met him at like a meet and greet um, for Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I had my iPad with me, <laughs> and I was like, popped hey, it out. Hey, popped it out. <laughs> like, hey, Mick, look at this video clip and song I wrote. For you, bro. And he's watching it and he's, he got a big pop out of it. And um, he said to his handler, handler, he's like, this has never happened before. No one's ever written a song for me. This is wild, you know. So I think I thought in my head, I'm like, okay, he's got to share it now. You know, he's, he's had that interaction with me. Nah. Uh, well, well, at least at least he's seen it. He did. I did get to show it to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So at least I have that little memory, you know, of him. Big smile on his face, you know. So yeah, you was, never know, man. It may happen down the road because you know we've yeah. done that song, and then mm. it was like years later that this guy found it and shared it. And, you know, well, there so you go. Power of the internet. The you know, power of the hangs internet. Around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, and so yeah, you 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 form this band. You go from being called Raid to then being called Elm Street. You boys all um, leave school obviously together. You graduate together because you're all you know in the same year level. Um, how does the story go from there? Like, well, what, once, what happens next? Once we changed our name, we sort of started to take it more seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to make songs back when we were 16, obviously, and stuff. We worked on them for a while. Mm. And then you know, most of them were the songs on the first album. So then, you know, right. we got to the recording stage and then that was a whole new ball game for us you know actually to properly record and yeah. not knowing at all young kids going in it's like oh you have to play this this you know a certain way and it has to be this tight and this and that you know so yeah it really uh opened up our eyes and probably made us better musicians you know sure yeah so yeah and then you know playing the um songs uh, live you know that in itself mm. uh you get more familiar as you go you know yeah, right. So, and were those early shows like just in Melbourne, or did you just go to regional shows as well? Yeah, we we pretty much um, went everywhere. Yeah, yeah, interstate, regional. Yeah. Um, 
first album overseas overseas as well yeah 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 wow where did you go first time we went overseas was uh 2012 we actually based ourselves in london oh really yeah so we lived in london for was it about eight months eight nine months what was that like it was crazy. It was good. It was good uh, fun, you know, living with the guys. Yeah. You know, and uh, did you just get like an apartment and you yeah, were just we're pitched all, in? Yeah, we were living in an apartment together. Wow. Um, playing shows and yeah, it got to the point where um, we were also working as well, and it was like, oh, it came to the point where it was like, oh, we're better off going back home if we're going to work because yeah. The wage situation in uh, London is not as good as Australia, you know, right, working right. conditions and stuff. So A lot harder to make coin over there. Yeah. Um, we, we were playing shows, but it sort of sort of died down, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, so we decided to come back. Yeah. You know, we based ourselves there, so we were all close by, you know, you could go here and there, you could go to your, your European countries and yeah. stuff like that. You know, and so after eight months, you're like, oh, we 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 had a good go of it, but it's probably better that we we head back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And came to that point, and it was like we all agreed, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it was a failure. You know, it was like it opened up our eyes again. Yeah, man. Because um, how old were you guys at this point? Twenty one. That's say. crazy. Twenty one, twenty two. That is crazy. Yeah. And it's the time to do it because none of you obviously have any um, connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet. You know, yeah. not married. You know, long term yeah. girlfriends or nothing. Yeah. You're able to actually uproot your lives, and all. That is just that blows my mind that you were able to do that. Yeah. No. For eight months. Yeah. I mean, it was so tough. cool. It was tough. I'm not gonna lie, but no. Know. Yeah. But it was uh, a good experience. Definitely taught us a lot. Yeah, man. Mm. And so then when you came back home, you were like, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> Time to try and conquer our hometown, you know, yeah, yeah. in our home country. That's yeah, right. Then yeah. we started doing our second album, you know. We, we actually toured uh, Australia mm-hmm. quite a bit after that. Yeah. and Because you guys uh, got some support spots as well, didn't you? Yeah, we went overseas with Iced Earth mm-hmm. in 2014. That was... a pretty long tour that was like almost two months oh wow so over in the states or in uh, europe it was in europe yeah yeah um we've done uh how many times we've been to europe been to europe about four or five times now wow i've been to the states three times yeah far out man so we'd like to go to probably asia like japan and stuff coming up sure so, yeah yeah um but yeah definitely europe and america again once uh a new album comes out. Yeah, the, th- the number three. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first one with Ivkovic, won't it? That's right. We just released a uh, vinyl. Yes. Um, that's got Nick on it. Right for on. the two covers. Mm-hmm. Because the first side of the vinyl is from the second album. Yes. Uh, Blood Diamond. Mm. And uh, the second side is... Uh, a Queen cover and a Quiet Riot cover. So, Nick plays on that. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So... Huh. Yeah. So, when you went over to Europe, say, with like, um, what was the name? Ice something? Iced Earth. Iced Earth? Mm. Um, what was that tour like? So, did you guys have to like hire your own tour van and follow the bigger band in their big bus? Or like, did they let you on the bus? Like, what was the logistics of that tour like? There was two tour buses. They were on one. Yes. And their crew. Yes. And the second tour bus was us and Warbringer, which was the main support 
Okay. So we shared a tour bus with Warbringer. And was it an actual bus? Yeah, bus, bus. An actual bus? Yeah. With yep. like, with bunks, beds? Yeah. Bunks and you everything? You sleep on the bus, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, you walk into the bus and there's yeah. a, there's a um, front lounge. Mm. The middle part is where all your beds are. Yep. And the back part is the back lounge. Right. So, yeah, you got everything on there. You got your, you know, PlayStation, whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was awesome. It must have been so much fun. Oh, it was awesome, man. <laughs> that, that was a great tour, yeah. 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 So And how that was a couple of months on the road, just, just hitting up all the different towns. Yeah, we went, we went, the metal yeah. shows in town, come and have a drink. Yeah, yeah pretty much, man. <laughs> pretty much. It was killer. It was killer. We experienced yeah. that that European winter too. Oh, really? <sighs> Cold, N- huh? Not as bad as the American winter though. Oh, really? My, yeah. It's even colder over there in, in the States. We went to um, Niagara Falls, the American side of Niagara Falls. Yeah. And it was negative 22 degrees. Oh, man. We saw the falls frozen over. No shit. Yeah. Whoa. So, we were there and that wind chill, when it hits you in the face. Dude. Can't even describe it, man, to you. you wow. had like We had like scarves and stuff over our face, did nothing. It hits you in the face, you can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but we're the idiots trying to look at Niagara Falls. And it's frozen over. And it's frozen over. Whoa. Yeah. And then you look across. Have you ever been? Never. You look across and you can see um, the Canadian side. Yes. Have you been back while it was not winter and frozen over? Like- no, I've only seen it frozen over. <laughs> 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 so you have no context. That, that is a proper tour life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never been back. Only ever seen it frozen. Never seen it frozen with the yeah. bands. That's it. Never on these uh, tourists, you know. I remember mid-summer. when I was a kid, there was like this weird doco of all these people that would like go in a barrel and go over the edge of Niagara Falls, oh. thinking they would survive, and they'd just die. Yeah, it's like what are, you, what are you doing? You fucking. <laughs> It's it's a pretty big fall, man. <laughs> You're in a barrel. What do you expect oh, is going to happen? Jeez. What is wrong with people? I know. I know. I remember just, thinking that as a kid. Like, it terrified me. Like, Why is this on the tally? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> So if you're doing that, look, you probably don't deserve to be around. No, yeah. you, if you think that's a good idea, mate, go for it. Probably don't need you on the planet. Oh my gosh, yeah. Niagara Falls. So even like the they had, you know, the binoculars there so you can look through and stuff. They were mm. all like solid blocks of ice. Really? Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Completely man. frozen over. Uh, I've never, never experienced cold like in, in North America. Yeah. And yeah. the guys the guys went to uh, our last American tour, we we toured with uh, Udo Dirk Schneider, who was the singer for Accept. Udo Dirk Schneider. Mm-hmm. I know that name because um, I had a guest on here, Rocky Ravik, mm-hmm. and he's he's played with those guys. Yep. You know Rocky? Yeah, I know Rocky. Oh, there you go. And Small his dad, world. Uh, Steve. Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're from the West too, man. They are. There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we toured with Udo, and mm-hmm. that was uh, once again in- uh, Winter time in America. Yeah, I couldn't do the first half of the tour, but the guys did uh, Canada, and that was even colder. Mm. So you know, because it's up further north. So yeah, yeah. I didn't experience that, but so who? I, someone just filled in on the guitar. Yeah, I got a guy, um, Luke from LA. Yeah, right. So to fill in for me for like the first half of the tour, and then nice. I jumped in the second half. Can you tell me what the conflict was? 
Why, why you oh, just come? work commitments. Oh, you couldn't get out of work? Yeah, just oh, work bummer. commitments. Yeah. What do you do during the day? What's your day gig? Uh, I'm an electrical fitter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're a sparky. Yeah, 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 yeah. I work yeah, on really? the, like train train motors and stuff like that. So, I do work for oh. V-Line, Metro and- All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, electrical fitter. So, you're, you're, you've got a very specific it's, yeah, gig it's that not, you it's do. Not, it's not an electrician as such, like a wire up your house sort of thing. It's no. more like- um, uh, industrial, like you know, we work on the motors that come in. They come into our workshop, and we yeah overhaul them and send them back to the um, metro and stuff Man. like that. Yeah, so. I, I love when the day gig comes up in the conversation because <laughs> it's always something different. Obviously, everyone always has a different gig, but that was the first <laughs> an electrical fitter for the trains. Yeah, yeah, wow. And yeah, obviously, yeah, that's something that you can't mess with because that's a pretty good gig. Yeah, there's a lot of work, you know. Yeah. So you say, well, yeah, I can do the tour, but I can only come halfway through. Yeah. You know, I've got to be home to do this this train gig. <laughs> uh, I prefer to be on the tour. Of course, but you don't want to mess with that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, no, definitely. And you know, you've definitely. got a good head on your shoulders, you know that. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I mean, look. I about mean, it. a lot of musos that come through here and do the, the podcast with old mate Sis Dog, they are in that, uh, um, they do have those day gigs, which they can easily leave. And just come back after the tour and just find another gig, you know, during during the day. And then we'll just wait to go back on tour again. Whereas um, in your shoes, it's not like that. You've got a specific, you know, skill set that you want to be able to, you know, provide for yeah. your family or whatever else, set up the future for yourself. So, uh, But then, of course, when you are able to go on tour, then at least your bosses are, you know, yeah, understanding, yeah. which yeah, is definitely. great. Yeah. Well, when we moved uh, to the UK, yeah, um, I was doing an apprenticeship at that time and I just finished the apprenticeship before we left. Mm. And um, so I left my job, obviously, to go live over yeah. there. And I was lucky enough because my boss was... Uh, a good man. He, yeah. he took me back when I came back. So. Dude, that's a big yeah, yeah. thing for so him. So, a big support, you know. Yeah, it's a cool thing. It's a good thing to have uh, people like that around. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do want to hear more about those touring stories, Aaron. But before we do, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. Uh, they give you a key fob, which gives you 24-hour access not only to your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world, uh, which means if you're planning a holiday and you don't want to ease up on your training, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. And it's perfect for the touring musician or wrestler as well. If you're on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere and get your training in. I love the whole concept, the whole 24-hour gym uh, concept. And uh, I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones on, they have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download onto your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. So if you're uh, in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you're like me and you don't like training with headphones on, you can still listen to your favorite playlist of music while getting your gym session done. Uh, they also have the Anytime Fitness app, which has heaps of programs and workouts on there to help you on your fitness journey. Uh, not to mention the very friendly staff, which are always happy to help. Um, so head on down to Anytime Fitness in Epping and sign up today. So all of these times you're on the road, Aaron, 
Um, have there ever been any times, um, like on stage or off stage, that you just sit back and just go, "Oh man, that was a wild time." Like how how did we not, you know, see that coming or whatever? You know what I mean? Have you got oh, any funny stories like that that come to mind? Plenty, but I'd say on stage, on stage, um, stage wise, it's you know, there's the odd show but i'd say mainly the stuff happens off stage you know because yeah. you're not on stage constantly no but that's true. one of the on stage ones i remember vividly is when we were playing in uh madrid yeah and um playing the show maybe about geez maybe a second third song in the whole the venue the whole the power just cut off oh man went, the venue went black so we were playing and um Obviously, all our amps and stuff turned off. Yep. And Tom's still drumming, you know. It's just like, it sounds weird. Our guitars are gone off and you just hear these acoustic drums, drums. <laughs> in this massive venue, you know. Yeah. And he's still going thinking, oh, he, you It'll know, come back on. It'll come back on. These guys are having to take it. I'm still going. I'm still going, you know. Yes. And then it was like, we turned around like, man, just stop. You know. Just stop. It's, not, it's nothing happening. So, yeah, the power went off, man. Wow. And, um, and then, like, they had to, it was a good half an hour delay. They had to get gen- the generators going. and Really? And that. Yeah. What caused the the, the power outage, oh, do you know? know? I don't like know. Like the whole area went out or just the build, that building? I, I think just the building. I don't oh, know. Maybe shit. it was too much for it. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it was a bizarre... Just a little break. Sorry, guys. No power. <laughs> we'll be back once they sort it out. Yeah. I think, In darkness. Yeah, the, the venue went dark. Yeah. Jeez, everyone just got their phones out immediately and started... Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. assuming. Is yeah, that what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah, Everyone was confused, obviously. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that always happens to us for some reason. <laughs> we played here in Melbourne on, um, it's called Hell on, Hell on the Bay. Mm-hmm. You play on the boat and it goes through the docklands and stuff oh, like right. that. right. Yeah, we yeah. Were, I think th- we were the last band to play. Mm. And uh, just for us, the PA blows up. Blows up? Blows up. Just, you know, stop. That's oh, it. Oh, man. It was like fourth song in two, you know? Mm. It was like bad luck. And you're on the boat. Where are you going to go to get yeah. a new PA? No, that's or, it. Like, there's that's no backup. It. That's it. We were done. You and that were was done. Like, yeah, that was like one of our shows that, you know, we hadn't, we don't play Melbourne that much these days, you know, yeah. because uh, you don't want to really wear out the hometown, you know, sure, constantly yeah. playing. So, yeah. that was one of the shows, the one-off shows, and <laughs> that's happened. It ends yeah. in the bloody misery. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. And then there was the time I dislocated my knee on stage at billboards <laughs> what yeah i mean people probably still remember that because i still get the odd person coming up to me like aaron break a leg oh yeah. my god <laughs> yeah so we're playing with iced earth iced earth came here to australia and we supported right, them right. as well here yeah and that gig was just cursed at billboards yes and um i was using like a uh, like a, it was like a, a, a guitar lead, but it wasn't like like the silicon guitar leads. It was like a metal shielding around it. Okay. All right. And um. Oh yeah, they're really heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just on the stage, yeah. And I just stepped on it, and my body went one way, and my knee stayed in the one position, oh. and just went psh, out the side of you know. My kneecap was on the side of my leg. No. Yeah. So. Dude. 
that's how, that how was, many songs in were that was probably like the cursed three four songs in as well oh my god <laughs> yeah it's weird man this stuff that happens to us and the show was over at that point you're in too much we, pain to continue yeah, yeah we stopped yes um, I got carried off Ben came over like we were playing mm. Ben came I was on the ground Ben came over and I still remember him looking at me looking down at me yes and laughing thinking you know oh this guy's fallen over he doesn't want to get up because he's embarrassed sure and yeah. I like pointed to my leg and he could see and he's like oh, okay oh god yeah he's done himself a <laughs> yeah. giant mischief here. yeah so yeah got carried off and so usually I've had wrestlers on the show before usually that kind of story would come out of a wrestler's mouth not just a guy in a metal band you've just taken it to another oh, level Aaron <laughs> It's not like I said. You get the odd person still coming up saying, "Hey, break a leg, Aaron." Yeah, break a leg. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're like, and you'll be like, "I've already done that, yeah, mate. Don't yeah. be a smart ass." <laughs> and then the funny thing was, I was waiting backstage for the paramedics. The paramedics came. Mm. All right, and um, two guys came, and um, yeah, they work in pairs. Yeah, mm. but one of them was like an apprentice. Oh, just really? Learning, and I didn't know <gasps> because. He, this other guy was teaching him everything, yeah? And then they're like, they give you the whistle, you know, the whistle? Yeah. And he's like, for the pain, yeah? So he's oh. like, inhale this, cover this hole if you want a stronger dose, and don't cover it if you want a, you know, less of a dose. Okay. So they go, all right, take a strong dose now because we're going to pop your knee back in. Mm -hmm. And this other guy... I could hear him guiding the apprentice. To so figure like, how to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know about this. You know? <laughs> but it was all, yeah, they popped it back in and it was- It was all good. All good. I remember I was a little kid in the hospital. I had um, like a, I had like a problem with my kidneys and um, they had, I had to have like a, a biopsy. Mm. And I'm sitting there on the on the, the hospital bed. I was like eight years old, yeah. And they had to administer into my leg the um what do you call it? The anesthetic. Ooh. You reckon they got a bloody qualified doctor to do that for me? Nah. I had the bloody trainees. <laughs> And they all come in like there was five or six of them. I'll never forget it. Oh, like the high school, the <gasps> uni grads. The uni grads. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, so here's how you do it. Dude, I've never, I'm a grown man. I've <laughs> never experienced anything more painful in my life. So what, did they stuff it up? I reckon they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> Obviously, the, the, you know, the biopsy went on fine. Like, you know, it was all numb and I couldn't feel anything because it wasn't, um, I don't, I don't know the difference between a local or whatever, but it was the one when you were awake, but it's all numb, so you can't feel anything. So I was awake throughout the whole mm. procedure. But, um, yeah, I didn't feel anything, but I felt the bloody needle for the anaesthetic. Oh, my God, dude. When they give you the trainees, it's like, they should warn you, be like, <laughs> are you okay with this? Do you mind if this person does this? I guess it's probably why they don't tell yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> Because people will crack people it probably. Like, no, no, bloody way no. Yeah. I don't want the noob. Yeah, I mean, but look, they got to learn, man. You know, they got to learn somehow. You and I are the guinea pigs, my friend. We were the guinea pigs, bloke. Oh my god, far out, man. Crazy, crazy. Um, and so you mentioned earlier that obviously, I mean, there's some great stories from the on-stage antics. But what about the backstage antics? Do you have any? Stories that come to mind in, in that regard? Not as much backstage. You know, back, the backstage thing is like these days, it's like, what's the Wi-Fi password backstage? You know, everyone's <laughs> like just on their phones. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's that's backstage. But as in for like, you know, you're you're in another country. Yeah. You want to go around, visit stuff and, sure. you know, 
plenty of other disastrous stories from that. Um, really? Off the top of my head, there was one when we were going, when I was in uh, Arizona. Okay. And we thought, oh, we're driving through and it's like the desert, you know, and we're like, oh, we'll go suss it out. We're walking through the desert and we're seeing all this massive cacti and, you know, mm. taking photos, band photos, this and that, you know. That was towards the end of the tour. So, um, we played in Arizona and then the next day was in LA. That okay. was the last show. Yeah. And when I was in LA, I was like, oh, my foot is starting to really hurt. Huh. My foot. And like played the show in LA and um, like, I can't like talking, you know, just hanging out and talking to people around and stuff. Yeah, and like, yeah. I can't stand up anymore. Huh. My foot is killing me. Yeah. Um, next day we went to uh, Santa Cruz. Yes. And we went to one of the beaches. There was just a day off. Beautiful. My, I took my shoe off the next morning and my, sh- my foot was like twice the size. <gasps> what did you stepped on? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. The guys are like, we went to the beach. The guys are like, oh, you just put your, put your foot in the salt water. It'll be good for your foot. And the salt water went in, did nothing, you know? <laughs> did nothing. Just more in more pain, if oh anything. Oh, my God, dude. So, then I went back. Then, obviously, we I flew back the next day. And um, my foot was still, you know... Like back home to Australia? Yeah, yeah. It was the end of the tour? Yeah, it was the very end of the oh, tour. Okay. So, my foot was still twice the size I got on the plane. And yeah. the air pressure, you know, makes it bloody even more. Oh, and dude. And it was like, I was sitting on there, it was like pulsating, man. It was like, oh, I couldn't even put my shoe on, you know. Oh, I had to take it off yeah. for the flight. Yeah. And then when we landed, I couldn't even put my shoe back on. It was that big. It was that big. I went to the doctor straight away. And he's like, oh, I think something bit you. So, I think something when I was in the desert, I don't know what it was. Something's gone into my shoe. And bit and you. And bit me. I don't know what. It was a scorpion. I don't know what. But it was you twice You are so lucky, dude. Oh, I don't know. It could have been poisonous. I don't know what. Yeah. But he's like, no, it should be fine. It'll go down in time. And it went down. How long did it take to go back to normal oh, size? Maybe about five days or so. Whoa. Yeah, but the pain was excruciating. excruciating. I couldn't stand on it, man. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but whatever that thing was, it got me good, man. It got me good. That is crazy, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, my God. You've had some like really bad luck in the band scene, uh, and you're still doing it. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I don't think we can have any more bad luck than no, what we've no. got. I think I think yeah, it's like if something else goes wrong at this point, you'd be like, okay, well that makes sense. I've had, I've had a swollen ass foot, you know. Uh, the the lights have gone out. Oh, you know, man. we've been on a boat, no power, whatever. And then there was another time. I'll give you one more story. Do it. Um, when we were doing that ice earth tour, we were on the bus, like I said. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously when you go through countries, you go through the uh, border security. So, you're on the bus and then all of a sudden you'll have to wake up at like five, six in the morning because you're going through the border. Yeah. Everyone has to wake up, stand outside the bus with your passports while they all, you know, check your check your passports. Yeah. And some of the some of the countries they're pretty corrupt, so they're like, "Oh, just give us a little bit of a merch, and you can go through," sort of thing. Right. And um, and then there's the one we we were going to uh, Romania. All right, so we went uh, to Romania on the bus, went to the border, got out, 
tour managers like give me all your passports i'll just take it to the border security mm. comes back all right everything's sweet we played the show that night in romania then the next day we flew out to somewhere i can't i think it was greece or something like that sure so we were off the bus and we were in the airport mm. and then just about to board the plane and um i'll go to the security officer there and he's like he's looking at my passport and he's like you know how did you get into the country Sort of thing, you know. Hmm. I'm like, oh, we came by bus, you know. I got would have got stamped. He's like, there's no stamp. This is in Romania, <gasps> you know. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is not good, you know. I don't want to end up in some Romanian prison. Prison, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's like bad enough there. I've never seen so much snow in my life over there. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, so then he calls over his colleague. I'm there, you know, I'm stressing. Oh, yeah, Jeez, yeah. what's going to happen now? He's calling over his colleague. They're speaking language. So I don't know what they're saying. And eventually he just goes, all right, sweet, you can go through. Huh. I'm like, but yes, my, my passport did not get stamped. I was like Jeez. the only one. So he's like, whether the tour manager's not giving it to him or he's just missed mine. Yeah. That could have ended very badly, man. Dude. You know, it's a big so thing. So lucky. Especially going to those countries, they're pretty ruthless. 100%. So, uh, dodged the bullet there. So, that was a bit of luck for a change. Very lucky. Yeah. Dude. That is crazy, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, you guys are kicking goals um, and you've certainly... Uh, overcome many adversities <laughs> Thanks, man. throughout yeah. your career with Elm Street and um, uh, you're putting out a new record. Where, tell us about the new record and when it's coming out. The record is out. Um, it's it actually turned out better than we expected. Mm-hmm. You know, we obviously we, we put out quality stuff, for, you know. Mm. Um, one side is uh, from the second album, Blood Diamond. Yeah. And the second side is a couple of covers. Is that the... Se- Oh, this is the third album. No, no, this is just the this EP. This is just the vinyl thing that you've done. Yeah, Oh, I'm yeah. with you, I'm with you. But isn't there another one in the works? We are working on the third album. Okay, yes. cool, cool. That's what yes. I was talking about. I apologize. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah the third yeah. album. Yeah, tell us about that. It's a slow process, but it's getting there. It's getting there, yeah. And it's sounding killer. We're sort of doing... Um, you're doing we got pre-production at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, and where so, are you doing that? Well, we got our own sort of setups now, so yep. we're doing it at our HQ and... Beautiful recording guitar parts at home and stuff like that yep yep so we're the songs are done mm. we're sort of just doing uh lyrics at the moment nice and uh yeah so we're hoping to start recording early next year cool so release and then you know get back on the road back on the road again <laughs> for some more tales <laughs> some more punishment <laughs> more punishment more like it <laughs> oh mate well, that's great yeah so it's turning out good Beautiful. and then we got the millionaires club as well the millionaires club so this all started as a bit of a goof last october wwe is coming to town mm-hmm. julian james is a friend of yours he goes i want to put a band together play some wrestling tunes you know as a bit of a laugh yeah. and ever since october last year you just keep getting booked <laughs> because people love the wrestling yeah and people love those tunes yeah i'm kicking myself i didn't think of this first because <laughs> when i see you guys i'm like man i want to be in this band you know <laughs> you know so we're coming to uh, a gig that we're going to be t- putting on together in um february next year um i actually haven't mentioned it yet on the pod mm-hmm. um so uh it's all very fresh it's all very fresh so basically, Art of Turing listeners, um, 
we are going to be putting on a 100th episode live event and I'm inviting um, the Millionaires Club to be part of the gig and um, I absolutely cannot wait. It's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be a venue where you've never been. Nah, yeah, we were just talking before. I've yeah. never heard of it. The Spotted Mallard. <laughs> never yeah. heard of it, but you said it's awesome, so I'll take your word for it. It's great, man. Yeah. You know, um, there was a metal festival there, um, which my band, I don't know why we were on the bill, because we were more blues rock, um, but every other band on the bill was a metal act. Um, and... Uh, it was right at the start of when I started the Yard of Touring podcast. So I just set myself down. I set myself up in the the, the um, front bar of the um, Spotted Mallard. Mm-hmm. They had the PA going, <laughs> like music. They had the bands upstairs playing. So even when the band stopped upstairs, they still had like this music going in the background. <laughs> they said, yeah, set up your podcast equipment. No worries. I'm like... This is going to sound terrible, but whatever. I still did it, you know? And so I interviewed most of the bands from that day because it was like, I think we were on at two and it didn't end until like midnight. So it was heaps of bands. So I didn't interview everyone, but there was like eight bands on the day mm. that um, that I was able to interview. So for two months, I had content that I could just edit every week. It was great. Um, I wish I wish I'd, I should really love to do that again, just go to a festival and just interview everybody, but well, maybe another day. Um, so that's my experience with the Spotted Mallard, um, mm-hmm. doing that. And, and so when I said to those guys, look, you know, I've got that history with the venue. Um, you know, one of the very early um, days of the pod, I actually, you know, did a lot of the shows from your venue. Um, and they they came to the party, so we're going to be putting it on there. So Nice. Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be great. I haven't actually started the official promo for it yet um, because we've got this gig coming up um, that I'm putting on at the Corner Hotel the night after Wrestle Rock, which we were talking about. Um, but as soon as that gig's over, I'm going to be full, full in promo mode for the 100th episode. Awesome. With the Millionaire's Club. <laughs> so, yeah, can't wait for that, man. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah, it's going to man. Kill now, can I t- ask you a little bit about the um, the thought process behind the Millionaire's Club and how you guys decide which themes you're going to cover? Because there's so many to cover. Oh, man. I leave it up. To, honestly, me, I leave it up to the guys. Mm-hmm. Because they, I mean, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, like I was telling you earlier. But mm. I sort of s- stopped these days. But the mm. other guys, they live and breathe it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, they know all the ones to pick so yeah, i'll leave it up to yeah. them like nick and julian mainly are the ones that you know big fans yeah 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 yeah. so the songs we play and it's like some of them we pick and they're like oh you know it's gonna be all right and we actually play and it's like oh wow this actually sounds really good yeah <laughs> so sort of surprises us sometimes you know nice man that's nah, a great band can't wait to see you guys play then and um and i can't wait to you know hopefully catch elm street live one day as well I mean, I know you don't do many Melbourne shows, but... We're, yeah, probably our next big one, I'd say, would be our album launch, whenever that is. But yeah, nice. Yeah. Next year sometime, Yeah, if you can get it out. Mm-hmm. Nice one, dude. Well, dude, thank you so much for being a guest on The Art of Touring. Thank you for having me on, man. It's been um, it's been great getting to know you better. And yeah. um, I will see you at the Spotted Mallard, and hopefully I'll see you on the road with Elm Street as well. Thanks, his dog. You're a legend. See you, dude. <laughs> see you, man. Ciao. <laughs>
And that's a wrap, Sizzlers. Episode 84, all done. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I hope you come on back each week and keep listening. I have a new guest each week, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family by becoming a regular listener, by becoming a sizzler. I'd love to have you on board. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show. If you're a touring musician, a performer, or a wrestler, please hit me up. Or maybe you have a friend or a family member who you think, you know what, they would be great for this show. I might get Sizzler on top of this character and get them in the studio or you can just send me a message on instagram at art of touring podcast you can listen to art of touring on wooshka and you can download it on itunes Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode take a moment to give the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone now i say this every week the last person to actually write a review was in march of this year so it's been a while so please get out the phone tap five stars write a short review it would really Warm the cockles of my heart if you would do that. Thank you. Now let's get into some plugs. On Saturday, December the 14th at the Corner Hotel, I will be playing Pearl Jam's greatest hits with a super group of musos, including members from The Passouts, Warbirds and Creek. Joining us on the night will be Melbourne's own Foo Fighters and Nirvana tribute band, Fuvana. Tickets are available right now from the Corner website or just follow the Passouts on Facebook and go to the events section and grab your tickets now. It's going to be an epic night, guys. We've been rehearsing our little butts off the last few weeks. Um, last week, we just had a rehearsal and we ran the entire show from start to finish. We've got songs spanning, uh, you know, the main three albums, um, 10 versus Vitalogy, and then a, a few choice cuts um, for the end of the night. So please come on down. It's going to be a fantastic night. That's Saturday, December 14th at the Corner Hotel. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Aaron from Elm Street and the Millionaires Club. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram um, to get all their details on their upcoming releases and their upcoming shows and tours. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Touring with a says diggity dog. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury, the best darn vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where, as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night.